welcome to the Park to Park podcast, to the season one finale of the Park to Park podcast. Woohoo! Woohoo, indeed. Uh, we've been comparing theme park offerings from coast to coast for nine whole episodes now. Thank you for sticking around through episode 10. Uh, we don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we'll try. And honestly, we do see eye to eye on most things. I am your lovely host, Allie. And I am joined by my also lovely co-host, CJ. How are you tonight? I am doing well. How are you doing? Good. I'm excited to record this episode. Same, same. Let's get into it. This episode, we are going to be recapping our season, uh, filling, filling you in on some things that we may have failed to mention before, and talking to some special guests. Yeah. So throughout this season, we have learned a couple of things. We've learned that CJ is a historian, and she really likes living in Florida. Yeah, and we learned that Allie is a thrill seeker, but she won't do straight up and down rides. So no, no Tower of Terror, no Guardians of the Galaxy. Nope, can't do it. No. But nope. question, do you do um, the swinging gondolas on Mickey's Fun Wheel? Oh my god, no. Those okay. are a nightmare. Okay, so you don't, I, what's it called now? It has a new name. Pixar Pal Around is what it's called now. Yeah, so, so, I, so you don't do that. Honestly, I don't even do the, the stationary cars because I don't like heights. Okay, and so when that's you're, really when what you're it around, is. When you're around at the top of the Ferris wheel and they have to stop you because they're loading people and you're at the very top, I would much rather be on the ground. Okay, so no Tower of Terror, no Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, no Pixar Pal Around, and no, I forgot what that slide is called at Blizzard Beach. Oh, the one that we haven't done? That mom, mom thinks we did? Yeah, <laughs> no, neither of us have done that. I don't think we ever will. Okay, so that's what we learned episode one. <laughs> Let's move on to episode two, because we had a pretty extensive conversation before we pressed the record button here. This episode was about Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort as vacation destinations. So why don't you give a quick quick recap of what we decided for this episode? Who was the winner? Yeah, for this episode, we saw eye to eye. We agreed that Walt Disney World Resort, the overarching resort area encompassing all of the theme parks in Disney Springs was a better vacation destination than the overarching Disneyland resort area encompassing all of the theme parks in downtown Disney. Right. And we were kind of talking about how the way that you vacation at Walt Disney World has changed pretty dramatically over the last few years. Like when I started going in 2014, well, I mean, I went in 2000, but in recent years, I started going again in 2014. And when I started going that year, it was really all-inclusive, right? You paid for your vacation and you got your magic band included with your stay and Magical Express was included with your stay where they pick you up at the airport and they pick up your bags from the airline. You didn't even have to go to the baggage claim area and you just get on the bus and they take you there and your, your bags appear in your room. They didn't do any of that anymore and you have to arrange 
transportation from the airport now and you have to pay for it now you have to pay for magic bands now um you used to get three free fast passes per day of your visit and now fast passes don't exist anymore it's genie plus and lightning lane and that costs an additional fee and not every ride is included in the lightning lane system there's um extra costs for certain rides on top of genie plus so a lot of things have become diy and it just feels like everything is being nickel and dimed to death. And there were certain times of the year that were more dead than other times of the year. And to lure guests in, they used to do dining plans for free. Like you could dine for free for your entire length of stay. And you used to, let's see, everybody who was staying on property used to have access to extra magic hours that would extend to 1 a.m. sometimes during the summer. And that just doesn't exist anymore. And I just I feel like the way that you vacation at Walt Disney World has changed so much. And if you really dig into the fan community at Walt Disney World, people are not happy with these changes. And the people who maybe are new to vacationing at Walt Disney World, they don't know any different. But the people who have been around for a while, they are not happy with these changes. And you also mentioned that there's some things coming back to Disneyland that Walt Disney World's um, guests are kind of like, well, what about us? So the Main Street Electrical, it was just announced that the Main Street Electrical Parade, World of Color, and Fantasmic are coming back to Disneyland and California Adventure. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, okay, it was announced that Fantasmic was going to come back. They said that at the Destination D23 Expo. Main Street Electrical Parade is somewhat of a surprise Paint the Night has been around at the Disneyland Resort for a while. The status of that is unknown. Is it ever coming back? Nobody knows. World of Color, they've been working on it for a while. So I think everybody assumed it was coming back at some point. But I think, you know, the 50th anniversary out here didn't really live up to people's expectations, especially when you compare it to the 50th anniversary at Disneyland and the 60th anniversary at Disneyland. They took away a pretty popular fireworks show at Magic Kingdom and replaced it with something that hasn't really hit the mark for a lot of Walt Disney World fans. And things have just kind of fallen flat here, for lack of a better word. And Genie Plus isn't super popular here. The parks are really crowded here. And then they're nickel and diming on top of that. And so you see all this enthusiasm for things happening at Disneyland. And then you look at what's happening at Disney World with the crowding and Oh, and Genie Plus and, and all all these things. And it just feels really negative out here. And it's it's sad. Like, people just aren't as happy as they used to be here. And so I... The concerns are valid. I don't want to invalidate anybody's concerns and anybody's feelings. But to me, it feels like... Well, for one, Disney World has been reopened a lot longer than Disneyland has been. So that's something to consider here. Another thing is, to me, it sounds like the Disney World side of things is focusing more on what they're not getting versus what they have and what is in the works for them. Like, there's no Tron ride coming to Disneyland anytime soon. No. The new no. the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride that's opening at Epcot this year, hopefully. The Ratatouille ride that just opened. Finding Nemo. The everything in Pandora. Like, that's never coming to Disneyland. Right. So just 
to me, it's like focus on all the good that you have instead of, you know, you know, focus on like watering your lawn versus staring at your neighbor's lawn, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I, it's weird because I, I don't want to like toot my own horn here, but I feel like I have an interesting perspective being a Disneyland local going to a Walt Disney World local. I get it. The Disneyland people they look at Walt Disney World and go, you guys have a lot. Like, you've got Tron, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got this Ratatouille ride, you have Frozen Ever After, you've got Pandora. Like, the list can go on and on and on for everything that Walt Disney World has. And they do have a lot in progress, but I also understand the frustration. The Epcot reworking, if you've been to the front, if you've walked through the gates of Epcot, you've been greeted with construction walls for a couple years now. And like Spaceship Earth was supposed to undergo this massive transformation inside. And that has been axed, status unknown. And there was supposed to be a Mary Poppins attraction coming to the UK pavilion, status unknown. The Guardians coaster is probably, you know, was probably supposed to open a while ago and then COVID hit. Tron is taking way too long to be built. Um, there's just a lot of things that are kind of question marks right now. And then you look at Disneyland and they're going full steam ahead with Marvel Land and they're getting Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and Toontown is being redone. And then they get nighttime entertainment, Main Street Electrical Parade on top of that. And you hear people who have been locals to Walt Disney World or visiting Walt Disney World yearly for however many years. And they're like, we haven't had nighttime entertainment besides fireworks in a really long time. They had Main Street Electrical Parade for a really long time. It's kind of gone back and forth between Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. So they want Main Street Electrical Parade and Disneyland got paint the night. And they're like, why can't we have paint the night? Where is paint the night? Where where in storage is that? Why if they're gonna get electrical parade, why can't we get paint the night in the meantime? We ended up with this fire this 50th fireworks show that most people think is subpar to the old fireworks show. What is going on? Um, so I really do understand both sides of it. It's just it's really hard to be surrounded by a lot of people who are really feeling negative about everything that's going on here. But I do, you know, I see your point. There's a lot to be thankful for here. We just have to be patient. And I've said this to a couple of people personally that I that I chat with online. Like, the economy is totally, like, breaking the rules of all economies right now. <laughs> you know, the supply chain is really messed up. The job market is really messed up. Like, everything is going completely cuckoo right now. I think we kind of need to cut them some slack in some ways and understand that I think they want to do some things, but we got to be patient with them. I do think there are some things that they can control and some things that they can't, and we need to cut them some slack for some things that they can't control. And the other thing, Walt Disney World gets run Disney. Disneyland doesn't. Yeah. (laughs) Man, I, I know there's a lot of run Disney people who want the races back in Disneyland so bad. And just to add to your previous point, there, there is absolutely a lot going on behind the scenes in in Disney that we do not know about and that we'll never know about. You know, there's there's stuff happening that we are not privy to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyways, that was just, you know, there's things that Disney are changing all the time. And I was listening back to the episode about this and, you know, news has come out in the last couple months. And I just thought it was really important to continue the conversation about Walt Disney World Resort versus Disneyland Resort. All right, episode three. Allie, take it away. So we agreed that Disneyland has better, or I don't want to say like has better offerings, but 
We we voted Disneyland over Magic Kingdom. CJ and I agreed on that. But we're only two people, and we wanted to get another opinion. So we brought in a friend and fellow Disney nerd for her opinion. Nicole, welcome to the Park to Park podcast. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you guys? Great. Things doing are well. great over here. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to be talking about Magic Kingdom and Disneyland, but first I want you to tell us how many times you visited both Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And if you visited a gazillion times, like, you know, me and Allie have been to Disneyland a gazillion times, it's okay. You can just estimate for us. Yeah, I I, I think I've been to Disneyland at least over 50 times. I've nice. quick math before. Um I hopped on. Nice. And I've only been to Walt Disney World probably five to seven times. Um, I couldn't exactly remember. So I'm pretty sure it's within that range. Cool. And when when do you think the last time was you visited each coast? I, we were just in Disneyland in December. Oh, uh, for Christmas time, the best time. Uh, yeah. And my daughter is three. And so we took her for, I mean, we took her once before when she was one, but it didn't go very well. Oh, <laughs> no. Probably to be expected. Um, and so we took her this time and it went much better. So, yes, we, it was kind of like a Christmas gift to ourselves as oh, our Oh, have fun. Um, and then Walt Disney World was probably my honeymoon. Okay. Uh, went there for our honeymoon. So, yeah. Cool. cool. So about, I don't know, how long we've been wearing? Seven years? Seven years ago? Cool. Cool. So what is your favorite thing about Disneyland? I really like, so I like the nostalgia of it for me. Like I'm a West Coaster, been mm -hmm. my whole life. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in the Seattle area, but we used to take road trips as a family down the coast. We took 101 all the way down. We've taken a tip by five down. And so there's just like a, there's a nostalgia like family element to me. And then I've had so many big moments in Disneyland. Like my husband proposed to me in front of the castle. We did like oh. our baby announcement there. Um, I had my bachelorette party there. Like I've had a lot of good memories there. Um, so it just feels special. I also like being the Disney nerd that I am, like because <laughs> Walt actually created it, I just think it feels more magical. Like he was there, like he walked here, like it just feels more special to me. Um, so I would say that for Disneyland, for me, that's kind of, it's like, it feels like home to me. Yeah. yeah I think you're in good company. I mean, I know <laughs> that I've had a lot of like big moments like that too. My husband proposed at the wishing well, I had my bachelorette party there too. And then Allie right. had some as well. Yeah. My bachelorette party was there as well. And then my husband proposed to me at the end of the inaugural star Wars 10 K. So oh. <laughs> very nice. Yeah, I think I think we're all in the same boat about the nostalgia feels and how it feels like home because, mm -hmm. you know, for us that that's been our home park too for such a long time. So, yeah. yeah, you you both grow up on the West Coast. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned like the road trip down because we used to take road trips up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, you got two, I also have a sister. Um, so, you know, you get two girl, like small girls in the back of a car and you're just like, let's, let's just take a road trip. And it was cheaper. Like my, my family didn't have, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. And so like flying, like, I don't even mm -hmm. think we ever, I ever flew until I got into high school. Like we, it was basically like, how could we get 
to some place in a car. So, um, and California was like the closest beach that was relatively like car friendly. So we always made a stop. It was like, if we drove past it, there was no way we were going to allow our parents to like not (laughs) stop. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. So what about Magic Kingdom? What's your favorite thing about Magic Kingdom? I, there's like one like spot in particular. I really like the, um, the Beauty and the Beast restaurant. Like I thought when they opened that and I got to go, I got the first time I got to go, well, first and only, I guess was on our honeymoon. And I was just like, this is crazy. Like, even when you like walk around the corner, it's kind of tucked away. And then you just, how they like built the castle into such a good perspective into the like hillside and then you walk in and it just like it looks so much like Beauty and the Beast and that was my favorite movie growing up and you go into the ballroom and and my mind was just blown like I remember like are we in the movie like (laughs) you know I was what like 20 in my like late 20s when I first went and I'm just like a kid in a candy store like (gasps) and then you know they say like oh and we have the gray stuff for dessert and I was like what like give me that (laughs) like I will take that right now we don't even have to look at the menu like just give me that um that's like my I so I have like versus Disneyland with Magic Kingdom I have like specific areas that I really enjoy Mm -hmm. that I can't get at Disneyland so like Mm -hmm. The Beauty and the Beast restaurant is one of those. Like, it's just so well done um, that it just yeah. it made me so excited when I saw it. Yeah, I think that's, oh, I'm like choking on my own spit here. <laughs> I think that's something that Magic Kingdom does really well that Disneyland doesn't is the themed dining. And Be Our Guest is a really good example of that. Disneyland has great restaurants, but like Be Our Guest, Skipper Canteen, they just like hone in on those really specific themes and like go all out. And Be Our Guest is a really great example of that. Yeah, yeah. It's just so, it's so perfect. Like everything just so good. Yes. Now let's talk about strengths and weaknesses of Disneyland. What are some things you think Disneyland does really, really well? So I think, um, and and it's shifted a little bit over time, but I think the layout obviously of Disneyland is one of my favorite things. I think it's very easy to navigate. I think it's maintainable for people, especially if they haven't been, like it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Like Mm. You can kind of walk in any direction and eventually get back to the front. Like, yes, just yes. Walking like it's easy to navigate. Um, so that's, a, I think, a strength for me. Um, again, I, I really just like the original magic. Like, yeah, I think that's a huge plus for me. Um, it just feels differently. And I've argued with people that are, have grown up on the East Coast um, <laughs> about this a lot. Uh, but I've converted several East Coasters once I've taken them to Disneyland. They're like, oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I get it now. <laughs> big, yeah. Um, and then the train. I think the train at Disneyland is uh, just so much more. Um, my daughter also really loves it. So maybe I'm biased because we're not <laughs> thinking about it. And that's like, all she wanted to do, she just wanted to ride on the train. I'm like, Aww. well, okay, so I guess we'll just ride on the train around and around all day long. Um, but I just love the train and the like sound it makes it like in the front. And um, those are some of the things that I, I really think are strengths of Disneyland. Yeah, I like the um, the Lily Bell too. I think that's really special. And another piece of Walt that's part of the train that doesn't exist at Walt Disney World, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, what do you think some of the weaknesses are of Disneyland? So I think for Disneyland, it's space. Um, Mm -hmm. It was actually 
um, you know, when we talk about kind of strengths of Magic Kingdom, I'll talk about this a little bit more too there, but I think it's just so hard for them to do anything additional without taking or removing something. Um, I, I mean, I love, I love Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. I think it was so well done, but like, I did love the all you can eat barbecue place. Like, yes. <laughs> I did love the petting zoo. Yes. Like, I, this would have been perfect for my daughter. Like, and now they don't even have it. Like, yeah. Um, there's things that I still miss. Like, I'm like, those were like nostalgic, like things. Yeah. Um, and it was a bummer when they took them out. Uh, although I think any Star Wars fan would argue with me that it was well worth it. And <laughs> I think it's a lovely area, but if there was more space to, you know, move around, if they had the room to expand, then we could right. get new and additional things without having to constantly kind of retheme things, which I think has been, there's been a lot of controversy in the like Disneyland nerd community of like, you're taking away this like nostalgic thing and replacing it with something else. And I get it. We have to evolve and a change, but, but I want that. Like, I want to keep that thing. So mm-hmm. I think space for them would be a weakness. Right. I think Disneyland is somewhat, you know, kind of an untouchable Holy grail. Like you can't touch this because Walt touched it, you know? Yep. Um, and that's both a blessing and a curse in many ways. It, it limits them. I think you're totally right about that. Yeah. I, I agree. But at the, I mean, at the same time, Walt said we have to keep moving forward. And didn't he also say that Disneyland will never be done? Yeah, but Walt wasn't around when Star Wars was <laughs> yeah. This is true. Walt did die before Star Wars came out. I mean, there's a lot of controversy that says, like, Star Wars shouldn't even be in Disneyland. Like, That's there's, right. Like, rabbit holes on, like, <laughs> right, but all kinds of other, like, Disney-verse, like, commentary, like, doesn't even belong here. Like, it should be in California Adventure. If That's anything. right. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> there's, like, whole heated arguments about mm-hmm. this. <laughs> you know what? I think we're going to get to that in a future season when we talk about the Star Wars stuff, because I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I I really like Star Wars. <laughs> you do. <laughs> it is beautiful. I like have to say the first time I went there and I walked through, it was like the theming from Frontierland like into Batu was just wild. Like it was mm-hmm. so perfect. Mm-hmm. But, but they got I, rid of the goat. Like I don't know if it belongs there. Like right. I don't know that it belongs in the world that is like created by Disneyland. Like, I think it makes more sense to put it in California Adventure. Um, but again, you have the limit of space and, like, how far you can push out all those boundary lines and, yeah. like, such a compact California square. So Right. I'm 100% with you on that. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so let's shift over to Magic Kingdom. What do you think some of the strengths of Magic Kingdom are? Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking about this. So I think the nice thing about Magic Kingdom is when they do have, when, you know, the Imagineers have some crazy idea and they want to add something, they have the space to do it. They're like, well, we can just push, we own all this land. Let's just like push this out just a little bit and like stick this here. They're not necessarily being like, what could we take away? Or like, what can we replace? Um, There's been so many good examples of things that they've added um, and not had to take away. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure somebody correct me if I'm wrong, the like Beauty and the Beast a castle restaurant was, right. it didn't replace anything. It was just like, mm-hmm. a, I'm going to plop this on this like empty piece of land here and we're just going to expand the perimeter of the park. Like, yeah. 
so many examples of that that I think it's really nice. Um, I don't think um like on that flip side, like people aren't as tied, I don't think, to Magic Kingdom. So even if they did have to replace something, I don't know how upset people would get. But yeah, I, I feel like the only thing people have been really upset about is Mr. Toad. Oh, so upset about Mr. Toad. Yeah, yeah. They get crazy. Really mad. Yeah, it's just Mr. Toad. I mean, it's a good ride, but I mean it's Mr. Like, Toad. About everything, like that's what you're gonna like your state. Okay. Or <laughs> out of the loop, what's what happened with Mr. Toad? Uh, the Winnie the Pooh ride in Fantasyland replaced Mr. Toad in Magic Kingdom. And people are upset about that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I pass no judgment. <laughs> yeah, there was there was all there was like a big protest about it. And then they're also kind of mad that the original Snow White dark ride in Fantasyland went away. Yeah. I mean, they updated, I hadn't been on it since they updated. I didn't think we went on in Disneyland and I was like, oh, this is much less scary. I haven't been on it yet and I really want to go on it. Okay. It reminds me a lot of Mind Train now, like a lot of the the characters and stuff. I mean, obviously a roller coaster, but there's a lot of scenes that I was like, oh, that's for Mind Train. Um, But it's definitely not as scary. So cool. cool. Maybe that's exciting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then. Another strength, I think, Magic Kingdom is the people mover. Yes. Um, I'm just so sad. Like, I went through the whole thing in Disneyland where it was like the people mover and then the rocket rods that never worked. And then now it's just the black or the gold track that sits around and they have the, like, nostalgic (laughs) rocket rod just sitting up there, sadly. Like, I remember waiting in line for so long for the rocket rods and just, it broke down. It broke down. and Constantly. Some sort of pass. Um, and then we could come back and we finally got on it, but around every turn, you could just tell the ride was struggling just to get those cars. So I really like the people mover. It's one of my favorites at Magic Kingdom. Oh, it's a good one. Strength. Yeah, that is totally a strength. (laughs) And what about weaknesses? Uh, so I have a very specific weakness for Magic Kingdom. I think the speed and the way that the seats are configured on Space Mountain is awful. <laughs> wow, that is very specific. <laughs> I like, I hate the, I think it's so much slower than Disneyland Space Mountain. I think it's like anticlimactic. I hate where the camera is, like positioned. <laughs> like nobody's looking or excited. It's like before the ride even starts. And it's like, let's take your picture here in this awkward like place. It's the worst. Like I, this is one of my favorite rides. I'm like, this is this was your second iteration. This is not good. It's supposed to be You're better. To <laughs> and you know what's funny? They made that one of the paid Lightning Lane ones, like not included in Genie Plus. Oh, that's silly. I would not. Pay yeah. That no. Like this is not a fun ride. No, I'm surprised they. I mean, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is one of them. I'm surprised they didn't go with Splash Mountain for the other one because it gets so hot. That's a really popular ride. So that I don't know. Been a lot smarter, I feel like. Yeah. Or maybe they're switching it. Maybe they'll do it for Tron and they'll take it away from Space that's, Mountain. That's really that's what I'm. Well, my theory is when Tron comes up, they're probably going to take Space Mountain down for a refurbishment because it really needs a refurbishment. <laughs> and then Tron will be the second uh, Lightning Lane. When is Tron supposed to open? That's a good question. Okay. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't it supposed to be like October a couple months ago and it just got delayed 
You know, I something? think I think before COVID, that was probably their plan for the big 50th thing. And then, you know, COVID. But, yeah. you, you know, it came out that, like, Universal could have built Velocicoaster again in this amount of time. And what is Disney doing, right? So, like, what's their excuse at this point? Universal got it done. So, I don't know. Well, yeah. I'll be excited yeah. when it does open. Me too. Yeah, I'll be excited too. Well, I really like your very specific weakness <laughs> of Magic Kingdom, and I'm right there with you. <laughs> next season, next season, we're going to talk about. Well, we'll get to it. Never mind. I'll I'll save that for for later this episode. I don't want to spoil anything. But speaking of rides, we know that many of the rides in Disneyland and Magic Kingdom are similar, very similar. Some of them are exact replicas. Are there any that stand out to you where one coast does it better than the other? I mean, I just use my biggest one, I think, is Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all the things I kind of just said, like, I don't like the way the seats are. I don't like the camera, where the camera is. I think the beginning's <laughs> anticlimactic. I think it's slower than the Space Mountain to Disneyland. It's just not my fave. I remember getting on it. It had been a really long time since we had gone to Disney World. We went for our honeymoon. I remember getting on it, being so excited. And at the end, I was like, that's the worst Space Mountain <laughs> version ever. <laughs> I... Why is that so bad? I don't remember it being horrible. <laughs> um, and my husband's like didn't grow up going to Disney, so he's like, I don't think it was that bad. And I was like, it's terrible. Next time we go to Disneyland, like just compare. It's yeah. not the same. Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, most of the, at least to me, I think the like the outside of Haunted Mansion, I prefer in Disneyland. I like just the theming of the outside of the building. I think it looks better. I, I think it also fits in more with like the New Orleans style down there. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I like really it is just space bound for me. That just really bothers me. <laughs> it really grinds your gears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? There's two things I think that Space Mountain in Florida does better. One, I really like that it has astronauts inside. I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that the people mover goes inside. <laughs> yes. But the... The track at Disneyland went inside Space Mountain, didn't it? I think it did. Well, I think it, uh, I can't remember if it just went through the queue or if it went through the ride. It's been way too, it's been like 20 some odd years at this point. I think it did because I have this very distinct memory of going on it at Disneyland while they were doing a refurb and all the lights were on. And I oh, remember cool. seeing the track for the first time and being like, oh, I don't think I would get on that if I saw that in the light <laughs> all the time. Like, how close the tracks are on top of each other and just how yeah. high it is in that building. I was like, wow, that's a lot different than what it feels like. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, for sure. But I did forget about the astronauts. That is, um, I mean, I guess that's fine, but I still stand by all <laughs> 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 You've also been on it, I feel like probably more than I have at this point. Um, and more recently. Um, you know like, what? I haven't been on it since before I was pregnant. So it's been it's been a couple years. Okay. Yeah, it's been a while. I haven't been on it. Yeah, it's been a couple. I think July 2020 was the last time I was on it when we were here. Yeah, because I waited. We were here the week the park reopened. And I remember waiting like five minutes at like 1 p.m. And I was like, this is never going to happen again. Never. That's lovely. <laughs> And sure enough, it's never happened again. <laughs> very busy down there. Yeah. yeah oh, it's this is supposed to be the off season. Yeah, it's it's not. No, <laughs> there's no off season. 
All right, so with all of that laid out, Nicole, it's time for your final showdown. Does one side stand out above the crowd to you? Yes, I am a Disneyland person, uh, like through and through, yeah. I mean, I already said a lot of the reasons, but I think the other big thing for me, just like Walt Disney World as a whole, feels much more theme park, like traditional theme park to me than Disneyland. Whereas like Disneyland feels like a special place where I might forget that I'm in a theme park. Whereas like Disney World, I'm like, this is a theme park. Like this is a very large theme park, but it's a theme park. I also think the people that go to Disneyland because a lot of them are annual pass holders, take a pride in the park too. Like they take care of it, they clean up. It's like something that was passed down through their families. So like, it just feels nicer where I remember being at Walt Disney World and watching people like, I'm like, there's a garbage right there. And you just like toss your stuff on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. why don't you take your garbage to the trash? It's like, they're everywhere. Like there's yeah. one at least like a foot from you in any direction at any given time. So I think people just also like take care of Disneyland more, which it, which might play into the like also feeling a little bit more like home. Right. That's that's a good point. I haven't thought about like that warm fuzzies that you get at Disneyland. And I don't think I get it as much here at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. I think it's the community. Like there's a community that has built itself around the Disneyland park. And I think that's something very unique and special to that park versus any of their other parks globally, I think. I mean, we've been to Paris and it definitely didn't feel like that either. Like it it felt like a theme park. Um, It was cool. I was very excited, but it it ultimately didn't have that like warm, fuzzy feeling. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh? That's a good perspective. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And before you head off, is there any like social media or anything that you'd like to plug? Sure. Um, You can, I like both Allie and CJ. I am a big Disney fan. And so I have a uh, Disney themed Instagram. So you can find me at Disney Girl NF. Um, CJ has also been on my podcast. So the magical map and you can check her out um, as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. That was great talking to Nicole. Following episode, episode four, we talked about Hollywood Studios and California Adventure. And we just had one thing that we wanted to add here is that we miscalculated the number of festivals that California Adventure has. Uh, We mentioned, too, the Festival of the Holidays and the Food and Wine Festival. But we forgot to mention Lunar New Year uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, So there are three festivals at California Adventure. Yeah, so that actually puts them pretty close in the total amount. Of festivals compared with Epcot, but I think if you're looking at the number of weeks of festivals, <laughs> Epcot has them completely beat. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so let's um, we're moving on to hotels, and in the hotel battles episode seven, we both agreed that Walt Disney World blows Disneyland out of the water when it comes to hotels and hotel experiences, but we asked another friend of ours, another Nicole, how she feels about hotels at the Walt Disney World Resort and Disneyland Resorts. And not only is she a fellow Disney nerd, but she is also a DVC member. We are not DVC members to clarify, but Nicole is. So she has a lot of hotel stays under her belt. So here's Nicole. Let's hear her opinion. All right. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Today, we're going to talk about hotels on both coasts, Walt Disney World and 
Disneyland resorts. So first, let's start out by talking about what hotels you visited on the West Coast and the East Coast, as far as Disney hotels go. Sure thing. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Um, I have stayed at a lot of uh, resort hotels on Disney property in Walt Disney World. Not so many off property. Um, the Sheraton Vistana is the one that's popping into mind. And then on the e on the West Coast in Disneyland, I've stayed in mainly the Marriott-related uh, hotels because we're Marriott Rewards members. Nice. Um, except for the Westin, that's the newest one. I think it's there on Catella. So that would include the residency in by Marriott at Anaheim, Anaheim Marriott, Sheraton Park Hotel at the Anaheim Resort, Sheridan Garden Grove, Anaheim South. Yeah, and so those are the off-property ones. As far as the Disneyland Resort, all three of them, Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel and Paradise Pier, and a whole bunch <laughs> in Florida. <laughs> nice. So do you want me to run through the list? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay, so the Grand, Cal Grand Floridian, Contemporary, um, the Bay Lake Tower, and the regular hotel. Uh, Polynesian, again, same DVC and the regular hotel. The Boardwalk Resort, the Yacht Club, Beach Club, Saratoga Springs, the Riviera, and the Swan and Dolphin. And I've stayed in both towers. I think that's everything. <laughs> nice. And then for Disneyland, did you have a favorite that you stayed at over there? Absolutely. It's hands down the Grand Californian. It's how can you beat basically being in the park? Yeah. Like even yeah. if you don't have a park view, which would be amazing, it's like five minutes or less and you can just run back, drop your stuff off, take a quick nap, whatever you got to do. And then you're like refreshed and ready to go again. So that is worth more than pretty much anything. In the yeah. I totally agree with you. It's a really, the, the, I think that's the closest hotel of any like, including Walt Disney World, I think it's just the closest property out of all the resorts here in the United States. What about Walt Disney World? Do you have a favorite there? Oh, I'm going to have to pick two favorites. Okay. Um, and that's going to depend like kind of what our goals are for the trip. So if we are very Epcot heavy and festival heavy, that kind of thing, then I pick the Riviera because of its oh. proximity or the beach club, depending on, you know, how we're going to um, pay for the stay. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for just a regular Disney experience, it's going to be the Grand Floridian. Nice. I really want to stay at the boardwalk or the beach club. Those are like my top two. I really want to stay there. I just, we love walking around the boardwalk and I look at these hotels. And I'm like, this is where I would stay. <laughs> it's They're definitely so cool. a really awesome place. And it's a, one of our most favorite places, um, on property, just that whole boardwalk area with the performers and the, the vibe. And it's just so cool. And then you have a stay coming up soon, somewhere brand new. Where is that? Somewhere out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be on the um, the new Galaxy Star Cruiser. And yeah. I'm trying really hard not to look at any of the reviews and photos. So yeah. Oh, um, yeah. that's going to be in May. Oh, that's really, that's coming oh. up really soon. Yeah. That's, that's so exciting. So we'll have yeah, you'll have to share all about that. I'm I'm reading all the reviews right now, and I'm like, this sounds really interesting. <laughs> I'm excited for, like, real people to go experience it and not just the media people, you know, because it's hard to tell what it's really like. So I'm excited to hear from, from real people. Right. And it's kind of, like, we're not attaching it to any other kind of Disney 
part. We're just going there. We're doing the Star Cruiser and we're going home. Okay. Um, and so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a whole different way to pack because when we booked it, they were like, okay, you're going to have quests and things mm-hmm. to do and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to have to want to like dress up like I belong in this yeah. universe. Um, so that I can legit interact with everybody that's going to be there. So that's so that's cool. Going to be interesting. <laughs> that's really cool. I am going to want to hear all about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. So one thing that makes you unique here and gives you a unique perspective is that you're a DVC member. When did you become a DVC member? Um, we became DVC members in 2015. And at that particular month, I guess they were only doing it for a couple of weeks. It was the tail end of them selling at the Floridian and the very beginning, like the first two, three days of them selling at the Poly. So we picked up points at both of those locations. Um, And kind of, I think we added on one time after that to the Floridian before they were like, we're not going to sell anymore. We're like, ah, Um, (laughs) and then, then, um, I was like, we're not going to add any more points unless they make, you know, beach club a DVC or yacht club or whatever. Um, and then they made the, the Riviera, which is a technically a, a, I guess, Epcot hotel. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's kind of in between. Yeah. Yeah. But we write the Skyliner and it's close enough for me. So, yeah. Okay, so between, this is a really hard decision. I mean, Allie and I kind of went back and forth on this, but between Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World Resort hotels, which one do you think offers better perks and amenities to hotel guests? It it pains me to say this out loud because I'm a (laughs) Disneyland girl, Um, but I think for resorts, Disney World has the leg up just because they have so much more space. And opportunities to just do whatever they want. Yeah. And we, you know, I think we kind of landed on the same side. And Allie and I, you know, we're Disneyland people too. So, Mm -hmm. and it's hard for us to say that as well. (laughs) I felt like kind of cringy saying it. Yeah. It's it's kind of the same thing. But, you know, you think about everything that they can offer with the exercise classes and the s'mores and all that. Like, they just Mm -hmm. offer so much more, you know? Yeah, definitely. But I did do that... um, uh, they started having fitness classes again at the Californian and I did the $25 walk around California adventure before the park open thing. And it's actually pretty cool. I mean, yeah. you can't take your phone with you because they say it's backstage time, right? Yeah. Uh, which you would know about CJ. I, I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause they'll like drive trucks around and like clean stuff, you know, before the park opens. So yeah. <laughs> But it was really cool. So we did, we kind of basically walked all around, but you know where they have the viewing area for um, World of Color? Yes. Mm-hmm. They had the guys working on the the little water and light things and mm-hmm. they were playing their music really loud. And then they saw us coming and they put on the theme for Rocky and it was. Oh, that's so, <laughs> so cool. Awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. I was like magic moment. Yay. That is so cool. <laughs> I would totally pay the 25 bucks to do that. Yeah. And that's something that's something that sets Disney hotels apart, no matter what coast you stay on. Like you don't get that opportunity if you stay not in a Disney hotel. So speaking of Disney hotels, uh, which coast do you think offers a better Disney hotel experience? Uh, Theming, location, variety, transportation, anything. Right. So, oh, okay. So I think Disney, pure Disney experience, it's going to be Disneyland because they only have so many hotels and resorts areas, you know, so they have to really make it Disney. 
obviously the Disneyland Hotel is going to have all that history in it. And the Grand Californian is going to be, you know, right on downtown uh, Disney and having views of the park. So that's all very Disney. But then I was thinking, you know, Saratoga Springs, I don't know if you guys have stayed there before, but um, it's, it almost doesn't feel like you're in a Disney park. Or a Disney I know what resort. you mean. Yeah, yeah. I've stayed there before. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, um, I think they made an interesting choice when they were designing a lot of their and theming a lot of their resorts because a big family might go and maybe not everybody's into Disney, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that might appeal to some of those groups or some of those folks who don't really want to be like drowning in Disney all day long, Mm -hmm. um, which I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't get those people either. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But I mean, the Riviera is a little bit like that too. I mean, there are nods to Disney and they show him vacationing on the Riviera and all that stuff. But if you want to kind of ignore the little details, you don't really feel like you're on Disney property a whole yeah. lot. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Like Disneyland hotels are more Disney, 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 Disney. And Walt Disney World is like they're themed hotels, but not necessarily Disney themed. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that does have to do with space being a factor. Like you can go out into the woods and be away from Disney and find a really mm-hmm. nice resort, you know? Right, exactly. Interest. That's an interesting perspective. Um, and Disneyland does have that history to it too. And I feel like if they ignored that history, I think people would rebel. You know, oh, I would stage a protest. <laughs> yeah. Right if they there. just if they just ditched the 1950s theme of Disneyland Hotel, people would be very very upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Just like that, that and the diorama on the train of the dinosaurs. I'm gonna oh. like. Oh, stop they, everything and protest. Yeah. If they get rid of that, that's the end of the world for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, like no way. Let's talk about the dining a little bit too. Dining is a big part of the experience of the resorts for sure. I mean, you can not step foot in the parks, you know, at Walt Disney World and just spend a day at the resort and hanging out at the restaurants. Um, which parks do you think offer or which resorts do you think offer better dining experiences? I, again, I'm going to have to say um, Florida just because of the sheer number of choices that they have. Um, and it seems like they're always kind of adding or revising something because they have the space um, to do it. So, but even if you're saying, say you're just staying at one resort, the Yacht Club, for example, I mean, they have a quick service place, they have a couple of restaurants, they have a couple of bars. They have fine dining and you don't have to leave the resort. So even though you're really close to Epcot, maybe you don't buy a park ticket that day or you're just going to give your feet a break. Um, You don't really have to leave. I find that it would be kind of hard to do that in California at any of the hotels. I mean, sure, they have the little shops and and the quick service places and um, some fine dining, but I think they're really lacking in that area especially since they closed Steakhouse 55. Ugh. Yeah. Broke yeah. My heart. I know. And what's weird is they haven't really announced anything mm-hmm. for that. And I feel like, you know, I feel like Walt Disney World has been reopening things that have been closed and mm-hmm. like Tron is coming and Guardians is coming and then Steakhouse 55 is gone. And it's like, well, what's happening with that space? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had always wanted to go to one of the teas over there. And of yeah, course, I just do. never got there. Yeah. I'm like, oh. 
Yeah. So yeah, and they had the best breakfast. I'm just really sad about it. <laughs> I'm yeah, I think we're really sad too. And it seems weird to me. We talked about it in our in our episode, the extended episode about hotels, about how that's a triple A four diamond property and their only sit down option is Goofy's kitchen. Yeah. So maybe I don't know if AAA is going to redo their ratings or something. <laughs> yeah, that's something that well, it's important to us. I mean, one of the things that I try to do in all of my life is find magic everywhere, including in a restaurant. And I mean, I love Goofy's Kitchen, but it's not always the the mood I'm looking for. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's a very high energy place. <laughs> You don't always want that. Then it's a little like, oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's a little little overwhelming. Another big difference between the two coasts is transportation from the hotels to the parks. Which one do you think does it better? I mean, can you count walking as transportation? I guess. (laughs) Like they don't really have to do anything, but you're just there. Um, So obviously that's, you know, by the size, um, of Disneyland Resort, it's going to be easier to just walk everywhere. I'm super sad that I didn't get to go to the Disneyland Hotel when the monorail still went there. So I wish they did that because it's a long walk to the Disneyland Hotel at the end of the day. At the end of the day when you're tired, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the morning, it's all great. And you're walking past Starbucks and you're like, oh, hey, there's another one. (laughs) (laughs) More caffeine. (laughs) And then at the end of the day, it's just like, oh. I want to die. <laughs> for sure, so, for sure. But then, you know, you go to the other coast and um, then you have to deal with the buses. And I just, I don't like the buses. I'll do it if I have to, but I always, it's like I'm always the person that you don't want to pick the line at the grocery store or the line to get in the park because it's always the wrong one. We always miss the bus and then we always wait like 30 minutes for the next bus. <laughs> so it's just, no, um, that's why we strategically picked our DVC resorts to be either monorail or um, walking slash Skyliner. Uh, yeah. There was a strategy there. Definite strategy. <laughs> I like it. Very smart. All right. Well, with that, it's time for the final showdown overall. I'm going to pause you there because I have, I do actually have one more question. Okay. Yeah. And I want to, I want to actually circle back um, to talking about being a DVC member. Sure. Do you think that was worth it? Absolutely. I do. Um, So I already mentioned like we have like strategic preferences about where we stay. And honestly, the cost, if you pay cash for any of the monorail resorts or even any of the ones on the Epcot, they're really expensive. And I'm looking at, you know, the cost of the DVC and the cost of paying cash for as frequently as we go to Florida, which is sometimes like four or five times a year. And I'm like, obviously the points are going to do it because I don't care how much money anyone ever makes. That's a lot of money, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely worth it. And I would never, never stay at the Floridian or the Poly just for cash. So, yeah. Yeah. When they, this might be a personal question and you can tell Allie if you want her to edit it out. (laughs) When they release the new DVC units at the Disneyland hotel, are you going to buy points there or TBD? We're not. We've already decided we talked about it and we're not because it, I already, it's already a long walk back for us at the end of a long day. So you know where the big hat is? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. it's yeah. It's gonna be even it's past like that. Even yeah. past that. Yeah. 
And you're already walking two city blocks um, to get to the Disneyland Hotel. And then they want you to walk another like five minutes. Yeah. That's a big no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If they yeah. were on the wait list for five years for points at the Californian, Oof. I think they probably threw that list out. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Huh. I bet you the Disneyland Hotel is going to fill up real fast. Something tells me. so. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard of DVC members who try to get in at the Californian. Um, and basically what they do, it's crazy. They have to get up, like, right when they open. And, you know, it's whatever coast time, 4 a.m., 6 a.m., whatever, for us in California. And you get one day. And then you do it the next day and you get the next day. And then you, yeah. you know, and then you yeah. do like a wait list for the ones you don't get. So you could potentially be room hopping like every day. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm just like, oh, wow. There's only, I think there's only 71 units there, I think. Seven, maybe 76. It's less than 80 units. I remember that. That's, wow. I wish they could figure out a way to expand that. Somehow. I know. And they already, I mean, they already added that on later after the hotel was built. So it's, they're like really out of room there. If they could like make yeah. it go up, that would be nice. Or like take over like where the movie theater is. I mean, I used to live in Southern California. People aren't going to downtown Disney to watch a movie. No, but they're, well, they're demolishing the movie theater for the downtown Disney expansion. So that's not an option anymore. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's got to be a way. They're smart. Those, <laughs> those uh, Imagineers are smart. <laughs> or they could demolish the Paradise Pier Hotel and turn yeah. some of those rooms at DVC. We've talked, about, we've talked about ideas for the Paradise Pier Hotel on the show. Because <laughs> it's outdated. <laughs> it is outdated. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it needs help. It does. All right. It's time for the final showdown. Which one do you think is better, Disneyland Hotels or the Walt Disney World Hotel? Do I have to pick one? Yes. Uh, <laughs> we picked, so you uh, have to pick. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <sighs> I'm going to say Disney World. I it's, it, it pains me to say it. I know. Um, it's, I mean, it's just the variety of options, the variety of theming, what kind of field do you want, what kind of amenities do you want, where do you want to be? It's just, and then the dining options that all go with it, which are important to us. So yeah, I'm going to say Florida. That's, you know, that's where we fell too. I mean, yeah. you've got anything from like campsites to very basic rooms to ridiculously large hotel rooms and bungalows on the water. You can really get anything mm -hmm. at Walt Disney World. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the history pulls me into Disneyland too. Yes. <laughs> I feel you. And the location of the Californian can't be beat. Right? Yeah, that's so, what Allie likes too. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this was really enlightening conversation. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. Uh, really before fun. before we say goodbye, uh, where can people find you on the socials? I am Disney Surgeon on Instagram, which is my main uh, platform, and I also have a Facebook page. And I'm trying to figure out how to get back my TikTok name. So <laughs> hopefully we'll be coming soon. But uh, yes, definitely on Instagram, you'll find me at Disney Surgeon. All right. Thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you. you so much. That was really great chatting with Nicole and hearing her opinion, especially from somebody who's a DVC member, which is something that you and I don't have that experience doing. So let's move on to episode eight, where we talked about other things to do in Central Florida and Southern California. So we were split on this one. One of the 
like I think two episodes where we were split. But mm-hmm. one thing that we didn't really talk about was airports and what airports you can use to access the resorts. And this is kind of an area where it's really split. And if you're traveling to central Florida, really don't have that many options. It's really just MCO, which is Orlando International Airport. The other airport that's nearby is Sanford, which is about 50 miles from Walt Disney World. But there's only like four or five airlines that fly into it. And it's kind of the weird ones. Like Suncoast, I think, is one of them. (laughs) They're very like small airlines Mm -hmm. that fly into it. Another option, I guess, is like Miami or something like that. If you're flying, I don't know, from somewhere else and you want to drive through Florida to get here on some strange Florida road trip. (laughs) Yeah, experiencing some of those like roadside Florida attractions you talked about. Maybe you can find Gator Sam's. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. In Southern California, you do have a lot more airport choices. Um, So there's John Wayne Airport. There's LAX, of course. There's Long Beach Airport. You can fly into San Diego. You can fly into Burbank. You can fly into Ontario. There's a lot of airports nearby. Yeah, and I feel like that makes more sense because, I don't know, I just feel like there's, I don't want to say there's more to do in California, but I feel like people spend more time outside of Disneyland when they're vacationing to California that it make it might make sense to fly into San Diego because you can go spend time at the San Diego Zoo or SeaWorld or something and then go up to Disneyland, you know? Yeah, and I, I do feel like Southern California is a lot more urban than Central Florida, so yes. it, makes, it makes sense for there to be a lot more airports. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, just a heads up, if you're planning to vacation to Southern California, make sure you shop around these different mm-hmm. airlines. There's a big, big price difference at, between the different airports and the different airlines. Really, really do your research. Yeah, there's a lot of travel sites. Um, can inc- They have a little checkbox that says include nearby airports. So if you're flying to Southern California, plug one of those airports in and check that box that says to include nearby airports and you might find a better deal. Yeah, for sure. With that, it is time for the finale final showdown. Looking at all of our opinions throughout the nine previous episodes, the overall winner this season of Walt Disney World versus Disneyland Resort was Walt Disney World. Ta-da! So there were some standout episodes uh, where Disneyland was the clear winner in Disneyland versus Magic Kingdom. Uh, We agreed that the San Diego Zoo would be a better animal experience than Animal Kingdom. Um, And then we had a disagreement on California Adventure versus Hollywood Studios, where I took the Hollywood Studios route and CJ took the Disney California Adventure route. Yeah, and we had some disagreement on Genie Plus and ticket types. That episode had some disagreement here and there. And I just want to clarify on Animal Kingdom and San Diego Zoo. We're not saying that Animal Kingdom has bad animal experiences. Oh, no, it has fantastic animal experiences. Right. We're saying if you're going just to see animals and you don't care about storytelling and theming. Yeah, and rides then you want to go to San Diego Zoo. Yeah. <laughs> if you care about the whole package, then you want to go to Animal Kingdom. They're both very good institutions. They just offer very different things. Mm-hmm. So thank you for joining us for our season one finale of the Park to Park podcast. It's been a lot of fun this season. We kind of took an overarching view of Walt Disney World Resort versus Disneyland Resort, the outside areas, the different parks, 
really kind of a little bit of everything. And we'd really like you to leave us some feedback. <laughs> you know, we, we've heard from you guys in, in comments and private messages to each of us. And um, some of our friends have texted us and things like that. But, you know, give us a like, subscribe, follow us. We're on pretty much all social media as Park2ParkPod with the number two. You can also email us at Park2ParkPod at gmail.com, again, with the number two. Now, next season drum roll we were debating what to do for next season and we were kind of going a gazillion different directions and we knew we wanted to do rides so what we decided to do was pre-1971 attractions now you might be thinking to yourself but cj and Allie, walt disney world resort opened in 1971 and while that is true there are rides at walt disney world resort that existed before 1971. now what i mean by that is like it's a small world for example exists at magic kingdom but it opened in magic kingdom at 1971 opened at disneyland in well it opened at the world's fair in 1964 and then moved to disneyland at, you know at a later date so the rides that exist in walt disney world now that were open before 1971 at Disneyland is what we're going to be talking about. So like Small World, Pirates, Haunted Mansion, Main Street USA, the castles, all that kind of stuff is what we're going to be talking about. So stay tuned for next season. We're going to start recording very soon, probably in the next few weeks here. And yeah, that's that's what we're going to be talking about. And we will have room for special guests. So if you want to be a guest, listen up. We will be recruiting. Yeah. If you are an expert on one of the Pirates of the Caribbean rides, for instance, at us on Twitter. Allegedly. We allegedly have an account there. Allegedly. Or if you are only an expert on one of them and you want to be an expert on the other one, book yourself a trip to the other coast. We become are not sponsored. An, become an expert on the other one and then come on the podcast. And tell us which one you think is better. If you have something to say, we want to hear it. Probably. Yep. Allegedly. Yes. Allegedly. <laughs> and that is all for season one of Park to Park podcast. Thank you for joining us. We will see, see you for season two, episode one, where we will be talking about Main Street and I think the castle. I don't know. We might not do the castle for season one, season two, episode one. We'll see. I mean, it's not on the outline that I'm looking at right now, so I don't know. <laughs> we'll decide at a later date. <laughs> You'll find out when the episode comes out. That's listeners. right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, guys.